Welcome back, everyone, to No Story Left Behind, number 16. I am live this week from my new recording studio, which I haven't figured out a good name yet for, so shoot me any suggestions you might have over to me uh, on Facebook or Instagram. You can also drop me an email. My guest today is Chad Smith. Chad is a six-year veteran of the Army National Guard. Chad, thanks for coming over to sit down and talk with me. Thanks for inviting me. Wanted to introduce yourself a little bit for folks listening. Yeah, hey, uh, like you said, my name is Chad Smith uh, from Indiana, uh, born and raised as a Hoosier, um, except for a little bit of time I spent down in Georgia for uh, basic training, home of the infantry. So uh, that's what I uh, that's what I did. So. Whereabouts in Indiana did you grow up? I grew up in uh, north central Indiana, a little town uh, close to Logansport. Um, live in a town called Peru. If anybody's heard of that, Circus City <laughs> Capital or something like that is our claim, but uh, that's where I live now, is in Peru. Um, but yeah, born and raised Hoosier. So what's it like growing up, or what's life like for you growing up in Indiana? I mean, anything exciting out there? Or? No, no, there was nothing <laughs> exciting at all. It, it was, uh, it was uh, growing growing up, it was literally, uh, you know, back in the days we, we didn't have any video games, we didn't have uh, any, anything special, it was all just uh, get outside and play and uh, be ready to come in when you hear the whistle. Did you do any sports or anything like that? And there was uh, there was always. Uh, did you even have sports? I mean, was there enough had, people? Yeah, we did. We did. It was a small rural, uh, small school, but uh, yeah, we had we had football. Um, uh, in, in fact, the, the school now has done very well with football, um, but uh, wasn't anything that I contributed to very much at all. Uh, but yeah, wrestled uh, football for a little while. Um, my, my mom really wanted me to wrestle because I was going up against people my size, not. Uh, anybody's bigger right and i imagine the concussion rate's a little bit lower it was yeah it was uh it was easier to handle stuff like that do they allow you people to get tossed around i've seen you know a few clips of the greco-roman especially in the olympics where they'll put guys dump them head yeah, first and I, I wish i did some of that but yeah i actually uh, broke my thumb in high school uh, <laughs> by a guy slamming me down so it was uh you know it was pretty exciting that stuff but uh yeah so what your what were your parents doing back then um Dad worked for a, uh, a hog buying, a hog processing plant. Uh, there was a big employer at the time, um, but uh, yeah, he he went to went to college for for one thing and got out and realized there was no no real uh, chance of him getting into that field. So then he went to work at this uh, at this uh, at a hog. He was a hog buyer uh, for this for this place, this mm-hmm. processing plant. Uh, and mom was uh, pretty much a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she she did all the raising. Dad did all the discipline. And um, but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. They just they they were always around. But you knew dad worked, and that was that was it. Any family history in the military at all? And is that what kind of drove you in that direction? Yeah, yeah. My my grandpa uh, was in World War II. Um, he was infantry. Um, he was in the uh, the D-Day invasion back then. Um, can't remember what years he actually spent in there, but yeah, he was in uh, he was in World War II. Um, so I always grew up seeing his medals and stuff, and seeing just the the stuff that uh, 
never really heard much of what he did. Mm -hmm. But uh, of course, that was that's a generation that really didn't talk too much about about that stuff. Um, Did you ever try to get anything out of him ever? Just little bits. I I knew that was a line I I didn't, uh, and I think Dad kind of told us about that. Um, I remember one time. Uh, we were over, my brother and I were over at their house, my grandma and grandpa's house, and uh, we had rented a video. Um, it, was, it was the uh, Tour of Duty series. Uh, we rented that, and grandpa had sat down to watch it with us. Well, then I looked back, and grandpa wasn't in the room with us. <laughs> and I was like, hey, where'd grandpa go? And grandma said, he's, he went downstairs. And so I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. so. so how when did you first start thinking... I want to go to the military. And what, what influence do you go that direction? Um, it was really uh, seeing everything that Grandpa had done um, or knowing some of the things that he had done, but seeing like all the, all the, the medals that he had and, and stuff like that, um, knowing the, the possibilities that I, could have, that I could get out of the military. Um, I wanted to do that. Uh, really uh, serious thinking about it from my junior year in high school. Um, that was going to be my plan was was put in 20 years, um, you know, doing doing something. I mean, I've been infantry, but uh, it was it was going to be that. Um, but uh, after after that plan kind of fell through. But I remember this was back in '91, '92 um, when Desert Storm mm-hmm. was going on the first Gulf War. And I remember telling my mom that at that time I, would, I hadn't gone through anything else, um, but I told her, I said, I want, I still want to join. You know, and I think we had just gone into Kuwait or we're going into Iraq or something like that. We were, we were, we were setting up to clean house. <laughs> and, uh, and I told her I still wanted to, and she just started, she started bawling. But uh, she knew that was what I wanted to do. And, but uh, it took a while yeah. to get to that point. And she eventually support your decision or was it always that yeah she did she did um it wasn't immediate right after right right after high school um in fact i was i was 30 when i went through basic training just because there were some medical issues that happened and and i thought well i'll just do something else i didn't really have a plan b so i just worked but uh it was did you ever think hey maybe i should go go off to college get the the safe nine to five with a four-year degree you know i i, I did that for one year uh, <laughs> went to a uh, went to a, a community college and i was going to get a law enforcement degree and i uh, thought you know I'll, I'll do that i'll become you know become a cop um turned out you know the first year of college life um i found myself doing a lot more than law, <laughs> you know enforcing law or right. studying for law and so i just thought well I'm, rather than wasting money i'm just going to get out and work yeah, it took me five years to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> so what i mean you said it you know you're 30 by the time you went off to basic i mean what's going on through your mind between that year of college and then like you said signing up i mean just working or did you ever re come back to the hey maybe i should go talk to recruiter ever i always wanted to yeah it was always in the back of my mind that you know i wanted to um how things were at the time marriage status and and stuff like that you know i just kind of put that stuff on the back burner and i thought well i'm just going to work that's that's what my my life is going to be i'm just going to work um but 
you know, I always had respect for the military. I always had respect for uh, our veterans and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and it finally came down to a decision to where it's like, if I'm going to do this, I better, I need to do it now. What's the, what is the cutoff date for joining? Is it 34, 36? I'm thinking it was 34 yeah. for first time, um, first time enlistment. So, um, you know, I, I knew at that time I was I was still in decent shape. hadn't hadn't wasted too much uh, too much time. But uh, yeah, yeah. So 34, you know, so you're 30. 34 is a cutoff, so you, and you're still in decent shape. And me, on the other hand, I went to college and freshman 15 had an ugly sister. Freshman 40. <laughs> Yeah, and they're walking hand in hand. <laughs> well, I mean, so talking to the recruiter, what was that like? And, you know, they try to talk you out of it, or are they still at that point trying just trying to fill the number for the month? No, at that uh, at that time, um, and, and kind of going back to the first the first time, I think it was. Uh, um, I should add, what year was this? This, let's see, the first time when I first wanted to, I graduated in '92, and at that point. Desert Storm had gotten over with, and you know we were. It was you know the Hundred Day War it was so quick, then uh, it was over. Um, so we weren't in a wartime thing. And I know there's that there's that downsize shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they didn't need need boots. Uh, they didn't need people. Um, and so they were very very selective on who they brought in. Um, fast forward then to it was 2005 when I went in. Um, so this was after 9-11, obviously, um, and we had gone into Afghanistan already. Um, in fact, Hurricane Katrina happened when I was down at BASIC. Um, so there was, a, there was a big need for, for people, um, and so I was still able to. Um, actually, I wanted to go in to be an MP. But I thought, you know, I'll just go off that one year of college and, and be an MP. Um, but I talked to an infantry recruiter, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's what the, the uh, local armory, that's what they had, and uh, it was infantry. And he said, you know what, you don't want to be MP, they take all the fun away from us. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll take that, you know, I'll go infantry, yeah, which I, I, it doesn't really translate to civilian world, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it was still good. So that'd be... He didn't talk me out of it for, try to talk me out of it for age or anything. Sure. So infantry, that's eleven Bravo. I'm, I'm still learning all my acronyms. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yeah. 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 So eleven. So what's it like for you? Basic. I know I've heard you know guys they're in their mid twenties and they're talking. The new recruits are coming in at eighteen, nineteen, and they're the old guys, quote unquote. And so I mean, what's it like for you? I mean, did you get a little harder treatment from the drill sergeants at that point? No, no. It, it uh, you know, I, I wasn't treated any better, or any worse. Um, it was all, uh, you know, we were all going through it together. Um, you know, some of the eighteen-year-olds that were coming in, I remember it's like, uh, I remember thinking, yeah, but basics gonna kick these guys into shape, you know, or, or just knock their attitudes off and. Uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't, but uh, that didn't change the fact that we were still going through it all together. Um, I was, like I said, still in pretty decent shape. And uh, I remember some of the, the runs that we had to do, the sprints and, and everything else, I was keeping up or, and or beating some of the 18-year-olds. So it was, it was good. It was a confidence thing. It was good. And I know the recruiter's job is to break you down before they build you back up again. I mean, did you 
do you think you had it a little bit easier because you have that little bit extra life experience plus work and which yeah versus somebody that's coming out of their here's my little bubble of my world 18 you yeah. know blue-eyed or yeah. doe-eyed if you will definitely yeah definitely yeah there's there was a difference as far as uh, my mental preparation for it um, you know just thinking and, and in fact like i said it was kind of disappointing thinking that uh you know this is what it's going to be and it was actually less than, uh, than what, it, what it actually was not that i not that i wanted to do anything worse but it was uh it was still good were you nervous at all leaving for boot camp yeah yeah i would say there's always a little bit of nervousness excitement um you know wondering if is this really what i'm doing is this what i'm gonna do um, yeah. why am i doing this now um but yeah once once you just roll with it uh you know you, you just you start in and, and pretty soon you're into the second week and pretty soon you're into the the, the first month is over with and and you're you're going through it so. and how long is army basic is that eight uh, i weeks? think it was nine weeks um and then then training for that yeah, after the, the, it was a AIT. AIT. yeah yeah that's uh, that was five weeks for infantry for 11 bravo um so it was kind of the shortest one, um, but also had the biggest bonus attached to it. So <laughs> at that time, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they are now, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I hear different numbers, it seems like, every six months or year or so yeah. from friends yeah. that, I, that I know that are still in. So after AIT, or well, during your time in boot camp, excuse me, jumping ahead myself, I mean, did you have any memorable moments or instructors that kind of stuck with you over the years? Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there's been... There's been quite a few. Um, you know, I had I had some really great drill uh, drill sergeants. Um, met some good guys down there. Um, you know, one guy I'll I'll never never forget. Um, he he eventually uh, unfortunately lost his life in Iraq, um, but uh, had had great experiences with him in basic. Uh, he was a he was a classical pianist um and so we went to went to his chapel the one that he went to one one sunday and uh he was up there playing piano and i mean it's just like here we are in the suck you know? <laughs> we're all going through this together and yet here we are just trying to get out of this and you know for for a little escape and you know he's up there playing piano and uh you know it, it was it was very cool nice little uh, change of scenery if you yeah will. yeah 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 but uh yeah like i said he was he was one that uh, you know I wanted to stay in contact with a little bit more than um, didn't have as much time with that as I thought mm-hmm. we would. So, yeah. But after training, so after AIT, I mean, what's the pipeline compared? So, the Army National Guard mm-hmm. is that the was it one week a month and two weeks a year yep. thing? Yep. Yep. We, so, yep. is that where you go directly from AIT into that cycle, or? Yeah. Yeah, you find out where your home home unit is. Uh, of course, the joke is with that you report to Fort Living Room, and uh, you, know, you, you, know, you continue your home life. And then when that weekend comes up, uh, uh, it just so happened my home drill, uh, if you will, the uh, armory was right there in, in town. Um, so I took a quick five minute drive to get to the armory on whatever weekend it was, and um, you know, that's where we reported to. Do whatever training had to be done. For your two weeks a year, I know. Um, so I had a, my old college roommate. He did his two weeks at least one summer that I lived with him out on the East Coast somewhere. Did they do that with you, or was everything right there in hometown? No, the the, the farthest we ever went was up to Michigan. Um, 
everything else was pretty much in state. It was in Indiana, so uh, we had, uh, of course, Camp Atterbury. I think a lot of active and uh, guard people know know Atterbury. Um, <laughs> very familiar with that. Um, and then there was another place south of that that uh, we did a lot of training at. A lot of a lot of good valuable training was done there. But pretty much everything was done in state. What's the training cycle look like if you're not? Are you actively working up towards a deployment, or is it just trying to it's, keep the knife sharp, if you it's will? Always, yeah, it's basically that. It's a good, good way to put it, keeping the knife sharp. It's always uh, you know, working on some skill. Uh, Can I get you to push that door closed? Sorry, this notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, a lot of it is, is getting the box checked. Um, you know, here we, here we got to go through annual things that, you know, okay, um, just whatever it may be. But then a lot of it is, uh, you know, we're going to go to the range. Mm-hmm. You know, so while we're, while we're down wherever, um, you know, we're on range detail or whatever. Um, yeah, so infantry, it was, it's pretty much, you know, just learning how to, you know, find and destroy somebody, uh, something or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, we keep up on that mainly. Did you ever get to do any field training exercises like over that, you know, for example, that two weeks where you're out, out and about for oh, yeah. several days at a time? Yeah, yeah, we would we would be out uh, out in the field uh, for most part of the two weeks, but a part of it. Um, you know, I remember it was always during the summer, hot, <laughs> hot ridiculously hot. You take off your top and, you know, you just lay it there and then pretty much... After an hour, you can stand it up because it dried. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just it was it was nasty. But again, we were all going through some suck, and it was it was just we all got through it. Did you? So, two thousand five, two thousand six. That's when the IEDs really started to ramp up over in Iraq, and at the time. You know, so I graduated in 07, and so a lot of my friends joining the military. I think me and kind of my circle of the. You know, Hudson, Wisconsin, outside of the Twin Cities. Didn't seem like it was going to turn into a 20-year war. Looking back, every other war was over 10, 12 years tops. Like, okay, cool. But this turned into a 20-year war, and it turned into the National Guard war, if you will. Did you ever have any fear, or did you ever have any inkling that you were going to be, your unit was going to be deployed? I mean, did you get deployed? Yes, yeah. Um, in fact, I, at one point, was going to volunteer to go on an Iraq deployment. A um, buddy of mine that uh, I had gotten in, he was he was already in, but uh, in our, our platoon, he talked me out of volunteering for Iraq, and he's like, hey, next year we're supposed to be going to Afghanistan. We're supposed to be uh, deploying. We'll, we'll go as a team. We'll, you know, we've been training together. We'll do this all together. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. And uh, so didn't volunteer for Iraq. The uh, Afghanistan deployment came up. We were all mustered down there at Atterbury, and this guy tells me, "Yeah, I'm I'm getting out," and I'm like, "You freaking jerk!" <laughs> you know, it just it, it pissed me off. But uh, you know, here he talked me out of a volunteer going to Iraq. But who knows? It was for a reason you know, that that it happened. But uh, uh, yeah, so that was uh, 2008 ish, 2009 when uh, gearing up for that deployment, and uh, you know realizing yeah this is this is real this is it's going to be happening so uh, i was i was kind of set in for all right this is this is what life's going to be it's going to be a deployment and so however it has to happen what's going through your mind leading up to that what's your 
What's it like for your family around you and friends? Well, um, my family, by this, by this time, uh, uh, from basic training to this point, I had gone through a divorce and gotten remarried, um, or had, had found somebody new, um, engaged, however you will. And, uh, and so it was kind of, kind of thinking, all right, this is, this is my family now, and hopefully they're going to get used to this. Uh, not knowing how much time I was actually going to spend in, in the guard. Um, but, uh, it was, it was, it was rougher that time, um, going through that. Just, she wasn't used to it. Um, my wife, uh, now she's, um, obviously my wife now, um, she wasn't used to the idea of why are you going overseas? You're National Guard. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be staying home. That was what her thought was. Um, but just like you said, it became the National Guard war. Yeah. It seemed like there was more National Guard troops that were making their way in and out. And uh, and so it was, to me, it was just, you know, what this is where they're sending us now. Um, you know, the, whether it be Camp Shelby for deploy, uh, deployment prep or uh, we, we spent some time in Fort Knox. Uh, we spent some time somewhere else and it was just this is part of getting ready for it. So it was easy for me to grasp just because I'm easy that way. But, uh, so it was a little, a little bit rougher on her. Yeah. So they tried to approach for you, tried to approach it, you know, it's just another day in the office. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Pretty much. So when you, when you got over there, I mean, what was, what's going through your mind when you first arrived? I mean, um, of course, wondering just just how how things are going to be. Um, you know, you can you can do all the prep work for it, um, but then once you get over there and you're in it, you wonder, okay, um, you know, what's what's going to happen? Um, you know, we we had heard um, there was a uh, infamous story about a guy that uh, deserted his his troops. We were in the same area just before, uh, or I'm sorry, just after that episode happened, and uh, you know, so that was that was going on. Um, thinking, all right, are we going to be sent out to look for him? You know, ended up never. We never did uh, go out with that kind of a mission. You know, looking for somebody. Um, especially one of our own, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't have that. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it, once we got over there, it's like, okay, it's going to be hot. Um, you know, we're going to get, you know, ready for something. Um, we knew there was, uh, where we were staying was at the base of a mountain and, uh, you know, it took, it was notorious for taking, taking incoming, uh, taking, uh, artillery. Um, whatever it may be. Um, but it, it turned out long, long story short, it was not too bad. Um, never, never really that bad. When you first arrived, was there another unit there to try to transition? I know they tend to overlap so they could, could you talk to somebody by here's what to expect or we, there's a, what, what they call the Advon party, the advanced party. Um, it was, it was a few of our guys, maybe the company commander, whoever else, um, had gone over like a month early and had met with them, the transitioning people. And so once we got over there, they were already out of the place where where we were going to our barracks, what we were going to be staying in. Um, they had already got gotten out of there. Now, uh, when it comes to 
National Guard, you know, in some place like that, you have the battle space owners. It's, that's usually an active duty component. So mm-hmm. at that time, um, I think it was the 25th Infantry um, was over there. So we we were under them, and they were kind of overseeing everything. They were like the, you know, the camp counselors, if you will, or the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it may be a bad bad way to look at it for uh, active duty, but right. uh, you know, they they owned the owned the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're there so, in a supporting role, right? To them, right, right. Yeah, they were they were the battle space owners, and uh, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so once we got over there, you know, we, we just kind of fit in where we needed to and f- find out what spots we needed to fill and, and so on. So what's your what's the average day day to day like for you? I mean, do you have a set here are your duties or is it constantly evolving to whatever's going on? Yeah, uh, for me, I was uh, I started out as a driver. Uh, we were we were mounted mounted infantry at the time. We were actually on an MP mission. Uh, so it kind of came full circle back to MP status or whatever. But, uh, um, my day normally was, it started out as a, uh, uh, I would get up early work out just because that's what I do. I get up early. Um, I was used to doing that for work and, and so it continued on overseas and I got into a, into a pattern, a schedule routine, whatever. And, uh, I would get up early and go work out, go have chow, um, come back, turn the lights on for everybody. Um, you know, and, and everybody, whoever was going out on the mission that day, you know, they were getting ready to go out on the mission. Um, if I was going out on a mission, you know, I got ready for that too. Um, but yeah, a lot of days we're getting, getting vehicles ready, um, for the mission, uh, making sure everything was, you know, good to go. Was this still part of the, in the, um, what they call it? I can't, uh, I want to say it's hearts and minds period. Yeah. So a lot of yeah, with uh, key leader engagements. That's what I was looking for. Is that what you're typically doing? This going out on patrol, or were you still, or are we, are we still trying to take certain areas at that point? A lot of times, yeah. At that at that point where we were, it wasn't about uh, you know trying to take take over an an area or a territory that had been you know maybe Taliban um, infiltrated or whatever. Um, it was. You know, we did a lot of a lot of meeting with the MP, the um, like the Afghan police. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, meeting with them, meeting with their the local chief, um, whatever village we were in. Um, and uh, yeah, hearts and minds was always something big that they preached to us. You know, we're we're we got to be kind to them, and you know, don't flip anybody off. And <laughs> you know, uh, they even told us there for a while. You know, stop throwing candy. You know, our gunners would throw candy to the kids. You know, and they'd come running out into the street. You know, and they're like, hey, stop doing that. They could get hit by traffic or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, hearts hearts and minds, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had we had to had to kind of limit what we were doing, but. Uh, yeah, it was very big, very big on that hearts and minds thing. What What was your rank at this point? Uh, I was a specialist. So, so E four, E four, yeah, oh, yeah, E four mafia. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So were yep. you you yourself? Were you kind of engaged with talking to the kind of like the chiefs or whoever, or was that more up you know, like E five up the chain? Every every once in a while they would. Um, uh, I, I remember there was one one time where we were brought in and part of our we were we were sent there overnight um and i think one point even two two nights um but uh you know so we were we were right there embedded with them um you know with the with the national police with the uh with the chief and leaders um yeah my job specifically didn't didn't have too much to do with with talking to them um 
we did a lot of construction work trying to upgrade their facilities or or give them something good um you know just good nice tokens if you will um stuff like that sorry still futzing around so folks i apologize if i'm not it's not the best episode brand new soundboard still getting used to this thing myself (laughs) (laughs) so when you if you're not out on a mission what's your primary job then on base uh, it's always getting getting ready for it, um, getting ready for the next one. Um, you know, it, it, it was workouts. Uh, we'd, we'd go on runs or, um, you know, a lot of uh, – there was uh, – you know, what's the uh, – Tossing, tossing the bean bags, you know, stuff like that. You know, we just we'd have those tournaments. Uh, you know, that was that was pretty much it. You know, <laughs> enjoy the downtime because uh, you know who knows how long it would last. Right. And did you were you? Do they have a cycle like every other day or every three days? You're out on mission, but then you have that downtime just to get a chance to de- decompress, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might have been maybe every two or three days, uh, depending. Um, if they needed some extra bodies uh, for something that was planned on a uh, going to a different area, uh, we might get, you know, sent out a couple days in a row. Um, I do remember going up to our uh, our ops center, uh, the talk, if you will. Um, and I spent a lot of time up there, you know, and that was just being up there on the, at the radio. Um, you know, communicating with the troops, uh, with whoever was out on the mission, um, just being there for whatever uh, assistance back. And we, and we would we would take shifts doing that, um, being up there. And so when somebody was out on a mission, there was always somebody up in the talk. So, um, and I were you, so were you ever part of what they call it? Um, um, well, when you have to provide backup, QRF. Uh, yes, QRF. Quick, yeah. quick response force. Quick, quick re- yeah, yes. Uh, there was one time we we were, um, and I I remember uh, my LT. I was kind of, uh, oh, I was not uh, the the ideal follower at this point but uh, he's like oh we had a we had a truck turnover while we were out and i'm like okay sir are they calling for backup well no uh but you get everybody ready you go out there and tell everybody and i said sir are they you have a chalk list you have you know the the who's going to be in what vehicles well, no okay sir you might want to come up with that and i'll be back uh telling the guys hey we're we might get sent out for something but just be ready okay who's who's going in what I don't know. Stand by. Uh, you know, I'm still a specialist, and so I'm telling telling whoever this. And uh, so I get back up there. Sir, do you have the chocolate? No, I haven't had any time to do anything. And he's he, he just uh, I won't say any names, but yeah, he ended up being in my my vehicle. We were the lead vehicle then. I was I was driving. He was my TC, and uh, yeah, yeah. So we we were uh, QRF one time and. <laughs> It was one I will never forget. Sounds like a new LT. Yep, very young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wanted to uh, uh, kind of like we were talking earlier. Was he he wanted to check the box and you know look at me. This is what uh, I'm in I'm in charge of. Or, right. Um, it's like sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there were some choice there were some choice words and I could have been I could have been, uh, I, I, been um, I could have faced some charges, mm-hmm. but uh, they slid. Right. <laughs> They slid. So, I mean, you said you're, the base you're on uh, it was known for taking incoming fire. I imagine you know, Camp, artillery, yeah. small arms fire. Yeah, I think I, can, I think I can say it now. Camp Clark. Sure. Yeah. 
Was that common while you were over there? I mean, or did yeah, yeah. The thing, uh, the thing that I, that we found notorious about uh, Afghan rebels, whatever you want to call them, the bad guys, um, they were horrible shots. And so, you know, we'd, we'd get the siren, you know, it's incoming. We'd have to go out to the, the, the bunker and it's like, holy crap, that didn't touch anything inside the base at all. Right. They, they, I mean, here it is a big circle at the base of a mountain and you can't even <laughs> lob something right. into it. Um, yeah, but, I talked uh, to other guys and they said, you know, they'd fire off a few pot shots, maybe a few RPGs, mortars, and then by the time everything's set up down on your side, they're already back yeah. up into the mountain again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just bad. But. Was it was it a bit of shock the first time that happened? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 I remember, um, you know, the first, the first time things like that you know it's like okay we got to get out there you know so everybody's grabbing their kevlar and a weapon you know going out there maybe in shorts t-shirt maybe uh who knows what but you know that was those were the two main things you had to have you know you get your kevlar and your weapon and uh i know uh, talking to my uh, co-host steve and my friend he said the first time he took fire was about five minutes after getting off the plane but after a few months him and his buddy they sat down to have a nice breakfast and all of a sudden the siren went off and rpg fire started coming in he's more of this (sighs) again guys really i mean did you ever hit that point where it's just like really guys yeah now? <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was there was a, there was a lot of that you know it's like i just laid down you know, I, I'm, i've been up all day i want to go to sleep and right. and now i gotta go hang out in the bunker you know and then they come out take roll call and yep, everybody's good i got the all clear and all right now go back in and try to go to bed so well when you were working at the talk or mission planning or whatever the case may be i mean did you have much time to keep in touch back here at home yeah friends and family yeah um that was that was a big one uh, that uh, was was essential from you know my wife um, and so it was it was essential for me um, very you know it was very important to keep the communication going and so um, I would usually tell her hey I'm going to go out on a mission tomorrow um, and we had the times all all set up um, that you know we would talk or whatever uh, after the mission. After everything was all said and done, you know, it's like, okay, everything's put away, everything is uh, stashed, whatever. I'd go and get on a phone, uh, get on a satellite phone, call home, you know, hey, made it out of, you know, made it back. Everything's cool. Um, you know, there was there was things that obviously couldn't be couldn't be talked about if, if anything did happen. Um, you know, if something happened to somebody else that was over there, um, communication would get shut down. All right. Hey. Sorry, dear. I, I wanted wanted to tell you, but uh, you know, couldn't just because. Um, Did you ever get into a rhythm or a schedule? Because it's what a f- oh, fifteen hour plus time yeah, difference. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Like it's, it seemed like when I was getting up in the morning, um, I think she was going to bed usually, or, or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, I had a. I made a routine. Uh, that was that was always part of it. When I get back from the mission, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go get on the phone. You know, hey, we're going to go have chow. No, I'm going to get on the phone. I'll be there in a, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just to let her know, hey, I'm back. And, uh, you know, she was usually happy with that. Yeah. Did you, I know, on, especially on the larger base, especially in, uh, is it, um, is it Bagram? Bagram. Yeah. Bagram. Talking to guys, there's always seemed to be a line at the phone. And, hey, come on, it's, you know, get off the phone. It's my turn. You know, I mean, yeah. did you have that if you're out? 
You're on, so you're on a Ford operating base. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yep. it was a little bit. A little it was it was smoother. Yeah. Yeah. There there really wasn't too many times where it was like, hey, hurry up. You know, there's a there there wasn't much of a line. So it was yeah. Um, you know, it made it made a point just even if it was for five minutes. Hey, I made it back. We're gonna go get something to eat real quick. I'll be back later. So. When you're over there, I mean, did USO ever send out any entertainers out to your neck of the woods, or is that do they kind of keep more to the? No, the we no, we didn't have uh, no, we never had had that. No, we didn't we didn't get any any celebrities. Uh, the, the biggest thing we had was a five star chef, um, <laughs> and so that was that was pretty good. He he evidently had some claim to fame in a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, sure. um, but uh, you know his his cooking spoke more for uh, his his abilities, right? You know, so it was it was we were just, and I was just fine with that. You know, it's uh, yeah, but no big names. Did you ever get a chance for R and R to go back to Bagram? I know they have it's like a mini city over there with yeah Starbucks and McDonald's and everything else. Do they give you a chance to kind of cycle out of? Well, um, I came when when I got my leave, um, come home for however long that was. Uh, of course, everybody everybody makes their way back through. Um, I think it was Salerno at the time, and then get to Bagram and and yeah, it was. Uh, I remember Route Disney walking walking that one, you know, and walking, <laughs> walking the sidewalks and, you know, you get some officer, you know, you got to salute and, and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. But the, uh, the USO over there, um, I remember they had movies that, uh, you know, we could, we could watch, um, you know, and they, and they had a set schedule for, for different movies. Um, nothing, I don't think brand new coming, you know, new releases, but they were fairly new. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good to get into into that kind of re, you know a little bit of relaxing time break up the monotony and yeah the stress yeah and did you was it tough for you I mean, so how many months were you over there I was we were over there uh, from I think it was June 09 maybe May May of 09 to uh, we got back to uh, Atterbury there it is again um <laughs> Got back to Atterbury in June 2010, so almost a year. Did the homesickness ever start to creep in on you, or any of the guys that you're serving with? Um, it was there. I, there was some of that. I think you know everybody missed home. Um, everybody. It, it was kind of cool that everybody was kind of in the same mindset of you know this is what we've got to do. This mm-hmm. is this is just our life, and you know, we signed up for this, and and so this is part of it. It'll it'll end soon. You know, and so, um, you know, of course, there was a couple, couple dear Johns that uh, you know got received, and uh, one buddy, um, you know, we went on leave at the same time, and found out his leave was totally different than what mine was. Uh, mine, mine was a good leave spent with my wife. His not so so well, <laughs> but uh, dear John, being the. Yeah, I, yeah. I left you to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love you, but I can't do this anymore. Or hey, there's somebody new, or you know, whatever. Um, you know, so that was that was sad to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So as a specialist, I mean, were you, did you did you ever do any work or try to help anybody if they're in a bad spot mentally, just to help work them through that kind of stuff? Or did yeah? Did you is was there somebody on base that was? Um, in charge of that, if you will. No, of course you get the chaplain that's you know on on every base. Um, you know we were being being 
guard, you know, some of those people. Um, in fact, I've got a couple close buddies still that, uh, um, you know, we were we were all going through it together. There was usually four of us in a in a little area, and so um, little area of the barracks. But uh, so yeah, if, if one person was going through something, usually it was pretty much it was pretty easy to tell. You know, hey, what's going on? You know, and so yeah, it was. You know, we'd we'd go for a walk, go up and work out or something, or you know, just something. Talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, you know, so there was there was a lot of that. Yeah. Did so coming home? I mean, did you? or those guys as they're coming home did you notice a change in them that maybe it got easier or do you think it got harder uh there was there was some um you know of course once we got back home everybody went went usually to their families um you know i didn't stay in close contact with everybody like we were um you know 30 guys in a barracks i was ready for some alone time get away from (laughs) all of them but uh um yeah i think for the most part everybody transitioned home pretty good did you ever find yourself wanting to go back? I know some guys that have been in 10, 15, 20 plus years or so, yeah. they talk about your home, you're glad you're home for 24 or 48 hours, but then you find yourself thinking, God, I want to get back over there. Uh, and did you ever, did you or anyone that you're talking to ever hit that mindset? Um, I know, I know I was, and still, there's there's times when I feel like well I could I could if if anything ever happened I would definitely go back in a heartbeat you know uh, even though I'm not in fighting shape right now I would <laughs> I would bust my ass trying to get back in fighting shape um, um, but yeah that the, just the routine that I had every day was was great um, get back home it's so easy to get out of that and, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously it has <laughs> gotten out of that routine right. <laughs> well the lineies doesn't help. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's it's good though. <laughs> so what I mean, what was it like for you coming back home? I mean, did you find it difficult to transition back into civilian life? Like you said, Eleven Bravo doesn't necessarily translate into a job here per se. Right. Right. No, the difference uh difference with me at at that time, like I said, that was uh going going for the deployment, that was in two thousand nine. Two thousand four I had gotten in with a utility company. Um working and and so before even going uh for the deployment i had qualified in my position so i had a job i had a full-time job it was pretty much one you don't give up you don't just stop working that kind of retirement job and so when i wasn't uh you know going through drills or my two weeks or whatever um you know i had i had a full-time job that had to keep you know keep me on track um when i come back from deployment I, I've got get a hold of my employer and find out. Okay, when do you want me back? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so they they told me, and I was like, okay, I'll report back to work then. You know, not a day sooner, but you know, <laughs> give me give me some downtime, give me some home time, and and uh, just unpack a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, wife and I got reconnected, and you know, we made that a, a priority, and then uh, and then get back into back into the swing of work. So, so did they when you went on deployment? Did they say they were going to save your position? Or yeah, was yeah, it not a guaranteed thing. I know not a lot of employers do that. I mean, no, they hard. were yeah, they were very very good about that. Um, you know, even even in my drill uh, drill status, those dates. Uh, you know, I'd I'd provide them with all the dates that I was going to be doing something. Um, you know, hey, not a problem. Take care of it. Um, 
coming back or, or, or getting ready, like you said, for the for the deployment, you got a job. It was their policy, um, you know, and I, and I saw it black and white. Okay, I've got something to come home to. Uh, you know, may not be the same position, but I would have a job. Um, I, I'm very blessed, very lucky that, you know, I was, went back to the same position, uh, same group of guys um, as when I left. So... Um, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better employer as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. And was there any big challenge or your, what would you say was your biggest challenge or hump that you had to overcome going from, I'm in the military, this is how this goes, yeah. now, I'm back in, now I'm back in the yeah. nine to five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is very structured, ordered. You know, there's there's a chain of command you go through and, and to, to maybe have an apprentice that, you know, if if you're the next guy up, you know, they're going around you and going somewhere else. And it's like, wait a minute, wait, this this isn't how this is supposed to happen. But it's two different worlds. Right. So, yeah, it was it was a little change that way. And since you got out, or did you do another deployment? You said you did six years? No, no. Um, so after you got home, how much longer were you? Um, while I was while I was overseas, um, some somehow somebody had checked a box on one of my papers that said I would accept a different unit for rank. <laughs> so, kind of going along with that, uh, I, I was promoted to E five, uh, so I became a sergeant over there. But I also reported to another armory that was um, probably an hour hour and a half away. Um, and so, getting back, I was uh, I was actually in let's see 2010 June. That was uh, not quite another year that I had before I was out done training. Um, so I I sucked it up and went for that much longer <laughs> and and uh, and did that. But my wife, uh, funny funny way she had it, she's like, yeah, you can you know if you want to reenlist, go ahead, uh, sign all the papers they have, keep on signing. Eventually, you come to the divorce papers, and it's like, well, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. I'll pass the torch and uh, give it to somebody else. Did they try to talk you into reenlisting, especially if you're? Yeah, yeah. There was always there was always that you know, hey, if you want to reenlist, you know, it's it's a good time to do it. Um, I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. It kind of it really. uh, Unfortunately, there was a lot of guys that were that were wanting to do a career, um, you know, do 20 years plus, and and uh, that deployment, even though it wasn't that bad, um, just how things were ran, it really changed a lot of guys' minds. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't want to put 20 years in anymore. The grass just, wasn't as green as it looked from the other side of the Yeah, place. yeah. Um, even some of them that had been on other deployments, it was, uh, I think it was just really, um, just, it, it could have been ran better. Um, but, uh, yeah, it changed a lot of guys' minds that, uh, you know what, I'll just, I'll just not reenlist and <laughs> <laughs> you know, just let it roll. So, well, since you got out, I mean, did you, did you, have you used any experience that you got in the military like from a leadership position or whatever it may be? As job experience, or did you get to did you utilize the GI Bill? Because I know they redid the GI Bill for for post nine eleven and and go back to school and try to get past that first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to build on that first year. Um, actually, along with that, I'm a uh, currently I think scheduled as a junior in in college, um, going to Indiana University. No, doing it all online. But yeah, it's. Uh, doing using my GI bill using those benefits and uh, you know if, if you don't use them you lose them eventually mm-hmm. and um, it's like why not you know so trying to build a resume and um, you know it's uh, 
using using that benefit definitely now. So, what's your degree going to be in? Business administration. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know it may not translate to anything, but uh, you know I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it maybe it'll open doors. Right. So, yeah, well, I work corporate American. I'm in a somewhat of a leadership position and the next promotion is in a full-blown leadership position and my bosses are trying to talk me and and kind of coaching me for that it's like do i have to yeah (laughs) how much okay (laughs) yeah yeah money changes things (laughs) so have you have you you said uh before that you haven't kept in touch uh, with one guy who you would have liked um but have you kept in touch with other guys that you served with? And yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, may not may not talk to him every day, may not talk to him every month, um, but we can pick up just where we left off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one one guy I still, you know, I'll send him a text message. I hate you, and, and he knows <laughs> he knows exactly who it is. Right. You know, or I can I can find a, a, a co friend, and you know, hey, if you see uh, if you see him again. Tell him I hate him. <laughs> you know, he'll know who it's from. Right. <laughs> so, and of course, uh, you know the big thing, uh, the, the big focal point more recently than ever, I'd say, has been the mental health side of the house. I mean, have you had any guys that you've had to reach out to and just do a, a checkup on them and see how they're doing? Or yeah, 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 um, yeah. I've got one one buddy that was, uh, you know, he he had been to Iraq before. Um, uh, and I don't know the whole story with what happened over there. Don't need to. Never, never asked him. But uh, I think there was there was a little bit of PTSD from that. Um, you know, he's still a, a great guy. Um, uh, one one night, heard there was. Uh, I think he he either called my wife or his wife got a hold of my wife maybe and said you know this is this is going on. Um, you know, I raced up. It was maybe an hour and a half away. Uh, from home, but you know, hey, let's let's go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Let's get something to eat. You know, and just talk and and uh, you know, what's what's going on? You know, and so there was there was a lot going on there. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's since out um, out of the guard. He was in after he stayed in after I got out. But uh, you know, he was. Um, it, it was kind of sad to to see that. You know, he really wanted to spend put his 20 years in i think he got 18 mm-hmm. um so he was a little disappointed with that but i think he was also ready to, ready to get out he needed needed the time out his family needed needed him to get out right is there a good way to start that conversation especially for someone like me who never served but i have a friend or coworker who i can kind of see the writing on the wall things mm-hmm. aren't right is there a good way to start that conversation up or should we just hey call somebody else maybe they serve with and be like hey you should really talk to Jim over here Uh-oh. yeah yeah something's not right yeah I, I think if uh, if you know, of course unless you host a podcast and you're ballsy and want to <laughs> ask people these questions <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I think that's uh, it's definitely uh, something that needs to be communicated um, you know if if you didn't serve with them directly um, and you're just close friends you can maybe still talk to them um, definitely get a hold of 
their their old chain of command. Um, I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough. The guys that I was close with, I'm still in contact with. And so, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, hey, I'm doing all right. No, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so you can you can kind of talk like that. You know, you were all brothers and and you remain brothers uh, through all of that. And so um, with this with this buddy uh, in particular, you know, hey, what's what's going on? You got any, you know, you want to talk about anything, you know, what's, what's going on. And, and if they don't, all right, don't root at them. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, unprofessional opinion right there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you definitely just communicate. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. The approach I took for folks listening, uh, when my friends started coming home, I just pulled them aside and said, I'm never going to ask you questions until I start podcasting about five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> it's that I'm going, uh, if you ever just want to talk, more than happy to listen. And yeah. it took them three, four years to finally yeah. come to me. And, and that's, well, that's how this whole thing got started is those conversations and yeah. realizing not everybody's having those. And yeah. So yeah. And that's awesome. It's been an educational experience for sure. But for someone that's looking to go into the military, I mean, what kind of advice would you offer them? Hmm. Well, uh, stepdaughter just went in. So, uh, you know, and, and of course, not just uh, her, but uh, I've also got two other stepdaughters that that uh, two joined the, the Marines. Um, and, uh, you know, just I, I couldn't believe they were doing it. You know, it's like especially one. So I'm coming I'm coming back home from a deployment. One's going to get ready to go in. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just like, hey, OK, there's uh, uh, you know, it's going to be crazy. It, it's it's going to be stupid. You know, roll with it. Um, you know, one's going through basic training right now for the Army. Um you know, uh, talking to her and it's like, you know, just, just roll with it. You know, you're all in the suck, embrace it. <laughs> right. You know, that's where this comes from. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and if that's, if that's a chosen, chosen path, then, you know, Hey, God bless you. You know, that's good for you. Roll with it. You know? And if there's anybody listening, they're transitioning out, they're getting ready to retire from the military, go back in the civilian world. What advice would you offer them? Uh, if you need anything, always, you know, you know who your brothers are, uh, keep in touch with them, talk to them. Um, you know, don't, don't be too proud to, uh, ask for help. You know, if, if anything, um, you know, that's, you know, for both, for both people, you know, if, if you have a coworker that's uh, going through something and you know, they're going through something, try to communicate a little bit. Um, if you're going through something, communicate a little bit, you know, make, make that little step. But yeah. Well, Chad, thanks. That's all I have for you today. Appreciate you taking the time out of the afternoon to come talk with me. And thank you for everyone that's tuned into this episode. Uh, if you'd like to stay up to date for future guests and live recordings dates, follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at No Story Left Behind. Don't forget to check out my other show called Rules of the Arena. You can find on Facebook, Instagram at Rules of the Arena Podcast. You can also find both shows on YouTube. Just search Rules of the Arena Podcast. Come hang out on Twitch during live recordings by going to twitch.tv slash Rules of the Arena. No Story Left Behind and Rules of the Arena are all Blind Ninja Studio originals and are available for download and streaming on Blind Ninja Studio studios.com apple podcast spotify and wherever you find your favorite podcast 
If you'd like to support the shows, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and make sure you drop a comment. You can also go to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast, where I have a little tip jar set up for just a buck a month and make sure you check out the new merch store. The Axe and hammer collection is out now for a limited time. You can follow all links in the episode description. And if you are a veteran or in crisis or concerned about one contact the veterans crisis line to reach a caring qualified responder with the department of veteran affairs. Many of them are veterans themselves. You can call one, 1-800-273-8255 or text 838-255 to speak with a caring, qualified VA responder 24-7. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you next time.